Shake that suspension loose, rattle the bodywork as the tyre flails, and roll while well, you don't need a flat one. The home of British motorsport rarely fails to deliver. It's time to dissect Silverstone. Welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast with me, Sam, and Russell. Uh, how has your weekend been? Long. Yeah, it has been, hasn't it? Has it been long, but it also went by in a flash. It did. Um, some very exciting racing this weekend, uh, which we will come on to a bit later. Um, your general general overview? Um, I need to retract again. I said Thruxton was dull, and it wasn't. I said Silverstone will be dull, and it wasn't as boring as I thought it was going to be. There was quite a bit of action this weekend, wasn't there? Lots of unpredicted things came true, um, which isn't a surprise on this podcast. No. We rarely get the predictions correct. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting weekend on the whole. Um, very fast, very frenetic. Some interesting moves, some not so interesting moves. It got a tad processional at times, I thought. There's a towards the end of races in particular. Lulls. Yeah, there were lulls, wasn't there? There's lots of laps at Silverstone. Yeah. yeah 22 being the general sort of. It's because of how short the lap is, isn't it? Sub minute lap. Yep. Um, they seem to go by in a flash. I like look down to my laptop to do something, look back up, and I was like, "Oh, they've done another two laps." Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, on the whole, it was good. It was good. It wasn't the worst weekend of the season yet, I don't think. Yeah, no. And some of the uh, title hopefuls managed to get themselves into a little bit of difficulty this weekend as well. I am not going to talk about the title ever again uh, <laughs> because it's right back on, isn't it? You know, oh, a couple uh, of weeks ago after Knock Hill. I'd be, well, we all know I said it was done. It was between Ash and Sutton, sorry, Ash Sutton and uh, Colin Turkerton, and everyone else was done. Camish completely out of it. No Camish chance for Ingram. Whoa, looking a bit silly now, aren't we? <laughs> um, yes and no. On paper, yes. But you look at the next two tracks, I don't think so, because I think Croft and, Sil- uh, Croft and Setterton will, I think, benefit Colin and Ash. But who knows? Who knows? Mm. We expect them to go a little bit better at Thruxton and Silverstone and they did um, so I don't know I, I I look at it and think is Camish or Ingram going to do well at Croft they need to be getting top sixes can, can they keep in touch Yeah, I think more is what they will be looking to um, but obviously before the three races of the weekend we had a um, entertaining qualifying session shall we say yeah, interesting one Plen- again. plenty happened and uh, we'll get into that now qualifying report Going into the sixth qualifying session of the season then, um, Ash Sutton was looking very racy from free practice, her fastest in both sessions, um, and sort of like highly anticipated because we didn't think the rear-wheel drive cars were going to do quite as well here. No, Colin was steady, solid, but unspectacular throughout the uh, free practice sessions. Yeah, He wasn't set, setting you know, the field alight, but he wasn't way out of the top ten either, so he was, you know, there or thereabouts, but not scintillating. The opening to the um, qualifying session was uh, rather eventful. Uh, the skies are clouded over. It was grey, overcast. We thought, mm, possibility of a little bit of rain. Yep. And then as the drivers were warming their tyres up, obviously we know that the front-wheel drives go around for a lap, have the two opposite corners switched over, uh, depending, depending which side they lean on. And the rear-wheel drives carry on and get warmed into the tyres that way 
but whilst two of the drivers were warming their tyres down the Wellington Strait, they uh, had a little coming together. Uh, so, James Gornell in his Audi S3 and Jack Boutel in the Mercedes. Um, I've seen it back a couple of times, and to me it looks like Boutel is more at fault. I think that if you've got a car in front who's weaving, you've got to make sure you keep the correct distance yourself if you're also looking to weave. Either go past or get the distance. What you cannot be doing is slam into him while you both try and weave. It's misjudged. Side by side as well. I, I, I don't know how you can get into that position. No, if you're, if you're butel in that position, either hang back or you mm. go past. Yeah. They, you know, Gornell's got a right to whatever he wants to do while he's warming his tyres up on his outlap. He can do whatever he wants. And it's your duty as the car behind. Like we, like we um, said about Gornell when he hit knee turns of the safety car and not kill. Yeah. It's your duty as the car behind to keep the correct length and not get into the car in front. Um, so that actually put Gornell out of qualifying on the spot, basically. That had broken front suspension completely um, and actually red flagged the session before any of the front-wheel drive uh, cars had really got a lap on the board. Obviously, the rear-wheel drives had set a fairly slow representative time, being cold conditions, um, struggling to get warmth into their tyres. Yeah. Uh, but once it got back underway um, both the Halford Juassa team and team BMW seen that they were using toes um, so dragging another car behind in the sort of like funnel of air that the car in front creates to try and give them uh, an extra bit of speed down the straights because we know how how many straights there are at Silverstone yeah it makes perfect sense you've got two long straights and you have some very fast corners quicker you can make your teammate go in the, in the toe makes complete sense and consequently those four were early on right at the top of the times um, which isn't too surprising uh, Osborne had another moment where he seemed to come into Brooklyn's absolutely sideways I'm not quite sure how he got it so wrong um, yes. but he certainly spotted all four tyres it's also he locked up on the turn mm. but as we'll come on to later on, it's, you don't see BTC cars lock up very often. It's not like Formula One cars where a sudden sharp dab on the brakes leads to a lock up. They don't lock up as often. No. So no. I'm not sure what he did there. And that completely ruined that set of tyres. And yes. generally, uh, teams only sort of like allow themselves two sets of tyres for the qualifying sessions, uh, which that meant that left him down in about the bottom five of the drivers, which wasn't good for him. Uh, Ollie Jackson and Tom Ingram got very good early representative times on the board um, in 5th and 7th respectively and then the wipers got turned on and there were spots of rain on windscreens yeah and I imagine there was a, a little fleet of panics amongst some of the drivers <laughs> that if the rain was going to stay that yeah. we'd have a fairly topsy-turvy grid in the fact that uh, you know a lot of the fast drivers hadn't set their quote quick times at mm. this point so there would have been yeah, potential for a topsy-turvy grid yeah, so after the first set of runs, the top five were Camish, Oliphant, Turkett and Neil, as I said, Jackson in fifth, but Kreese was all the way down in 25th um, in a car that we thought would be good around here. Yeah. Um, and Jade, Jade Edwards was doing relative wo- relatively well after the first runs in 23rd. Um, she was mixing it with those drivers that we thought she would be mixing it with. Yeah, particularly after uh, an admission two relatively poor free practices where she, you know, she was quite a way off the pace at times. Um, yeah, she hooked up better in qualifying. Um, and then, of course, drivers came in for their new set of tyres just after midway through the session. Uh, still a little bit of moisture on the track and certainly on the windscreens. 
but it was Adam Morgan who made the first major improvement, jumping up to fourth. Again, I still don't know what engine is actually inside that Mercedes because. I'm pretty sure it's not the same as last year. I can only imagine it gets nitrous at some events where he's allowed to use because... Yeah. He's had his turbo turned up, hasn't oh, he? I don't know how it... Well, you say that, but he does it every year. Every he does. year he finds a way to make it work. Incredible. Uh, Cambridge was then next to light up the timing screens. Again, getting tow from Matt Neal, um, who I think he then went on to give Matt Neal one as well. Um, and in that first lap that he set on those new tyres, he beat the qualifying lap record from Jason Plato last year. It's a fair, fair challenge, isn't it? Was that the, did Plato, Plato got pole, didn't he? Then didn't sit in the right space. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the one. Uh, Jake Hill, Chilton, and Ingram then went on to majorly improve, going sixth, fifth, and then third respectively. However, that time of Ingram's was removed for guess what? Track limits. Oh, that'll be a debate that comes up later. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, which dropped him back down to ninth. Again, he wasn't the only driver to suffer that fate, but he was one of the more uh, important ones, shall we say. Uh, Osborne and Goff went on to make good improvements. Osborne going first of all to 15th and then back up to 13th from down on 24th in the grid, while Goff actually moved up to 15th in the VW. That's a pretty good effort considering the, the obvious limitations of the car. Um, yes. Particularly around a circuit like this, yeah. Um, and with only minutes left in the session, there are actually not that many drivers majorly improving. And um, Sutton jumped up to sixth, and we thought, excellent effort. Maybe has he got more to come? Neil went into fourth, while Ingram and Camish were in the pits. And I thought, they haven't got enough time. Yeah, it was late, wasn't it? It was very late. Um, and they were swapping over their tyres for their final attempt. Um, meanwhile, Butcher went into second with an excellent lap but he was still two-tenths of a second off of that of Camish set midway through the session. It's one of the bigger gaps. Two-tenths isn't a it's the big, big gap, but it's the bigger it's gap. It's a huge gap in terms of, of touring cars, yeah. certainly this season. Um, and he, interestingly, afterwards, he said he had to make changes mid-session, butcher that is, yes, yeah, to yeah. the car to actually get it to where he wanted it. Um, going into the final two minutes, Crease had a big lock-up going into Beckett, uh, which put him off into the gravel. Um, luckily, Ingram had, and Camish had already gone past that point on their flying lap, so weren't affected by yellow flags. Um, Camish was, had a purple sector one and then went PB, I think, in sector two yep. to extend his margin. And then Camish... At, Ingram, sorry, with only six seconds left on the clock, slotted it in between Butcher and Ingram, uh, Butcher and Camish, sorry, on the front row. Another great effort by the Toyota, which you know, it had a fairly sluggish start to the season, um, but it certainly seemingly found its its speed now in the last couple of weekends, isn't it? He always seems to get stronger towards the end of the season as yes. well, doesn't he? Yes. Um, as as we said in the preview, it's a track that he likes. Yeah. Uh, and the track that he generally goes well well at. Um, and 24 of the drivers were covered by a second, um, which is pretty good considering the gap that uh, Kamish had at the front. Yeah, although I think it's easier to have a, a smaller gap here at Silverstone because there's less corners to carry the speed through. Yep. So you know, these are touring cars, they're all going to be quick on the straight. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, yeah. matter, doesn't matter what car you're in they're going to be quick on the straight it's when you start getting into the cornering speeds where you really can tell the difference between the cars yeah and all of the um, t 
title contenders, championship hopefuls, should I say, were in the top seven. Yes. Which yes, is awesome. And the whole of the top ten were actually carrying weight. Which is quite a surprise, really. Yeah, there's, in the end, there's no real great surprises in qualifying. No. In, in that sort of random driver doing really well and getting into the top ten, it was you know probably the more predictable qualifying of the season so yeah. far. Yeah. Well, I think we should get straight back into race one. Race one. Race day brought fairly cold conditions, uh, cloudy but n- no real hint of rain about, but very, very cold with a, a strong breeze at times. Uh, and it sort of struck me watching on the telly, I think this is perhaps the circuit where the lack of fans is perhaps most prevalent, what with the grandstands that tend to flank the uh, end complex, start-finish line into cops. Mm. It's, it was eerie to see those empty in a way we've perhaps not seen at other places so far notable wasn't it yeah. um, and especially at Silverstone where they normally reverse the uh, pit garages yes. as well yes. um, certainly on Ingram's Instagram live he found that a bit strange yep. not to have fans out the back and have all the spectators around it's a shame however it is a sign of the times hopefully we can all get back to some form of racing next year uh, on the track, it was going to be a question to whether Camus could hook the Honda up this time round or whether Ingram would repeat his Thruxton start. Obviously, these two started alongside each other at Thruxton. Camus got every start he tried wrong. <laughs> Perhaps he should take out a leaf out of Lewis's book and do some practice starts on the way to the grid. <laughs> there you go. There's my one F1 joke of the session. Uh, but lights out, and it was Camus who led away from Ingram despite Ingram's best efforts. Butcher had a slower start, losing out to Turkerton. Uh, Ingram did take the lead into Beckett's down the inside, but Danwood then kept back in front of him at Brooklyn. So those two had a, a strong start together. Um, they're fairly respectful of each other, though, aren't they? Yes, they are. Um, they're two of probably the hardest racers on the grid um, and know when to give up on a position or when to fight for a position. Absolutely. Uh, Butcher got... Colin's position back and ran uh, up to third after Colin ran a bit wide. That was a little bit of a theme for the BMW all weekend. It wasn't quite on the rails as we've normally seen it to be. Certainly every time Colin lost momentum or lost a place, it tended to be from him running wide. Um, yeah. Not sure if it was a setup issue with the BMW. He said he was being killed in the straights uh, after the weekend. Mm. Didn't look quite as stable as certainly Camish or Ingram this weekend. No, as, as we said in the previous, not a circuit that has many traction zones where that BMW is so superior. Um, and I think it needs those traction zones to be able to get a good punch out onto those straights. Uh, agreed. Similarly to Thruxton, Camish and Ingram started to get away out the front, uh, starting to eke out time to Butcher. Camish was slowly getting away uh, from Ingram, looked a bit more determined this week, Camish, to make sure he. Uh, absolutely converted that pole into a race win. Colin was his usual steady Eddie kind of self, wasn't looking to get past Butcher too much, um, but he did have a go, uh, losing momentum with Ash and Oliphant circling behind uh, to see if they could seek the advantage. <sighs> he did lose a fair bit of momentum um, at this point, and I think if it had been anybody but Oliphant, he might have been shuffled down, but Oliphant kind of gave it a little look, but backed off pretty quickly plays rear gunner doesn't he quite well yeah and I can understand you he was going to have to hang it around the outside of cops it was mm. going to be a risky move at the best of times I can understand why Oliphant's related to place it's not so much don't take your teammate out exactly it's not so much oh it's Colin I can't race him that was more if I race him we could both end up sideways mm. here which you know sensible racing 
Uh, further back, Neil got sideways, either under cold tyres or a slight tap. It wasn't particularly clear from television footage from one of the BTC Hondas. Uh, but both Cook and Chilton seemed to be struggling because Neil was back in front of them by a couple of corners later, despite the slide. Uh, Crease struggling in the other BTC Honda, got tapped by what looked to be Bobby Thompson, which led him to touch Gornell, spinning both the cars. Oh, it's more than a touch. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong tap. It's a substantial whack, by the look of it. <laughs> okay, it's a whack then. Um, Crease was left in the gravel, which led to a safety car. Gornell was able to get going again. Crease, again, having a habit of standing at the side of the road, arms out. Not, not pleased, was he? Not pleased with the contact. Mate. Those two have got history. Back to Brands Hatch earlier this season. That was Thompson. It was Thompson. Thompson hit him here. Oh, you said Gornell just now. No, no, he hit. <laughs> Sorry. Thompson hit, uh, looks at Thompson hit Crease, who then hit Gornell as a result. Oh, double whammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, because Crease oh. came in a really wide line. What is he doing? He'd already mm. lost the car before having been touched. And that's when he slammed into Gornell. He's, he seemed to be struggling map. with that car all weekend. I, I noticed in qualifying it was looking really, really twitchy and right yeah. on uh, right on the fine edge on the brakes especially. Um, so it wouldn't have taken much. No, and if um, he's got a similar issue to Cook who doesn't seem to have a brake line at the moment, <laughs> then that would also potentially be uh, a problem. Uh, this led to a frenetic uh, safety car, one of the more interesting ones. Safety car was scrambled. Tom Ingram thought he'd have a go coming out of Love Field on camera. who would left the door open. Got to the line. Ingram was nine thousandths ahead. However, it would later transpire that Camish was in front at the safety car board. Of course, they raced to the first mm. safety car board, not to the timing line. And those, when a safety car board is put out, it is put out from the start line and it goes both ways around the track. Yes. So it, it goes from each marshal post either side of the start finish line and it'll circle round the track and that's where you can have the discrepancies on who's ahead at what point and then the teams have to sort it out. Yeah, and the rules are clear, you race until the boards. Yes. Uh, which is why Ingram and Ingram said in his, his interview afterwards he expected that Camish would not be expecting it. And yeah. Therefore, it was worth a go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it would appear that Camish was in front still at the first safety car board, so he would therefore be allowed to control the restart. Uh, to be fair to both drivers, they sorted out pretty well under the safety car. We saw last year with uh, Camish and Jordan not wanting to sort it out under the safety car. Um, good from both drivers involved. Good from both teams involved to be looking at the footage and getting it right. I was I was going to say more of that is down to the team because when you're in the drive driving seat you're maybe not sure when it's that close yeah. as well who's actually in front at what point and maybe if you're not paying attention to where the safety car boards have actually come out and where you've realised them absolutely but good for both teams good for both drivers Yes. Um, under the restart again Carriage and Ingram class their own left Butcher for dead behind which left uh, Colin to try and get past Rory Butcher Interesting that the Honda and Toyota seem to have the advantage on the rest of the field at the moment. It's mental, isn't it? Last weekend as well. Yeah. Those two were streaks ahead of anyone else in the first two races. And Butcher's no slouch. That car's not no. slow. Yeah, it's not the fact that they're racing a slow car. No. They just seem to be really hooked up. Perhaps because it's the power circuit and they've just found the circuits mm -hmm. they're good at. I'd be interested to see how close they are Croft. Um, yeah. Given how good they've been here. Uh, Hill took Jackson round the outside of Brooklyn's with a very strong and clever move, which took him up to eighth. That was a bit of a highlight of some racing further back. Uh, Oliphant then had to pull off the road of a problem. Uh, it transpired he'd gone over cops too quickly, uh, the curve of cops too quickly, and basically tore his suspension off. Was it inside or outside, outside. suspension? Outside suspension. Yeah. 
it's an interesting thing to do. I wonder whether that's a, a failure rather than something on the curbs. Because well, the amount of drivers that we saw run out wide at Cops over the weekend. Oh, so you mean outside of the car, not inside of the curb? Yes. Oh, you okay, know, so it's inside the car, outside, inside of the car. Right. Okay. So oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So there is a big, a fairly big sausage curb on the inside of cops, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. He's literally sort of pulled it across there and just effectively ripped the suspension off. Jeez. Um, which meant that Ash could get behind, uh, past him. It was very interesting that immediately as Ash got past Oliver, with Oliver pulling off of a problem, the immediate question from the commentators was, "Has there been contact with Ash Sutton?" Which. <laughs> Perhaps he's got a little bit of reputation. He has got a small reputation, hasn't he? He's, uh, as we've said before, robust in his moves. Yes, but it transpires absolutely no contact whatsoever. It was a mistake from Oliphant. Um, although, to be fair to him, I don't suppose he's expecting such dire consequences. No. Um, this gave Turkton a bit of a problem. He now had to turn the pressure up on Butcher, knowing that Ash behind was not going to be as passive, perhaps, as Tom Oliphant had been previously. Uh, this did lead to Sutton turning the pressure up on the BMW. Again, Colin running a little wide at the corners, and every time he tried to attack Butcher, he just seemed to run a little bit wide or a little bit slow or contact Butcher, which then dropping back into the claws of Ash. Ash would try him on the outside, coming out of the complex to see if he could get the run to the line. Um, the Affinity certainly seemed to be better hooked up and better balanced than the BMW in the first race. It, it was very quick through that complex of Brooklyn's and Luffield, wasn't it? And it yeah, seemed to so. seemed to be very good on the brakes into Brooklyn's and then managed to um, try and power around the outside of Luffield. The rest of the race was a little bit processional, to be honest. Edwards was going pretty well further back. A good move on Andy Neat, uh, but Neat would soon take the place back, albeit with some force from the Ford. Not the first time. Not the first time. I thought what was actually quite interesting that Tim Harvey has a a habit of not bad mouthing drivers, and his comments on this were quite interesting. Mm. Uh, he said, uh, along the lines of, not quite the quote, given he was so he was disqualified with Ruxton for bad driving, you'd have thought he'd be a little bit more careful. Yeah. Worse to that effect. And, yeah, neat. I mean, he's right. If, if you've had those indiscretions, especially in the last meeting, not just earlier in the season, <laughs> it was the last meeting, if you've had those indiscretions so recently, you'd maybe tone it back a bit and I wonder whether having races so close together this season people don't have that time to think about what's gone on and then remedy it the really frustrating thing I think is that we we thought he turned a corner yeah literally well at, well literally and figuratively I suppose nice, nice pun <laughs> because he'd started the the you know the season off fairly cleanly yes there were incidents but you know he was running really well at Brands Hatch as well we thought okay we've got a different Andy Neat this it, is actually he wasn't one to cause incidents he more than likely caught up in them yeah incidents that weren't his fault you think to the Brands Hatch one it was mm. a car problem Doc Hill Gornell has to take the blame for that for yep. me and then it's just all gone wrong Pete pe Tong yeah I don't understand it's been a switch has flicked yeah, he'd done you look back at our driver grades he done pretty solid in three mm. rounds or so, and it's yep. just all gone pear-shaped. It's just such a shame, and for Edwards as well, it's a shame because it was a good move by her in the first place. And look, no one's entitled to have a space, and if you can get a, a move done, do it. But this again was basically a complete push to pass. Sent Edwards wide, bashed, bashed her out the way. Matt Neal School of Motoring. It's even worse than Matt Neal School of Motoring. <laughs> even he'd be embarrassed by that one. Um, in the end, Sutton tried pretty much every trick in the book to get past Colin, but Colin held on to fourth very well indeed. Uh, Cambridge took a well-deserved win, his seventh in his career, uh, holding off Ingram and Butcher from Turkey from Sutton. 
The result would keep the championship wide open with the top five of the championship finishing in the top five spaces. Uh, a recap of the top 15. Cambridge, Ingram and Butcher are your podium places. From Turton, Sutton, Morgan. What a drive by him. I don't know how he does it. No, nor do I. And I think we said this maybe after race two, that if he keeps pulling out results like this, he's not going to get a new car, is he? No, he's not, because you know, the team are going to go, well, it's working. Yeah. But just imagine what he'd be doing with a competitive oh. car. I mean, Stick him in the Toyota with um, Ingram. Uh, well, I was gonna say, wow. I was going to say, let's, let's, let's now play fantasy. Let's put him in the other Infinity and see how well he goes in that. I think it might be a, a little bit of a different story into a rear-wheel drive car. Um, I think he might may struggle to possibly the same extent that Moffat has transferring from yeah, the Mercedes maybe. into a rear-wheel drive, but certainly put him in a uh, even an FK2 Honda and or the Toyota. I think he would do superbly well. Or if BTC Racing will have a little think next uh, next year about where they could potentially. It's always a struggle with Morgan, isn't it, because of that Sicily connection and it being his team as such. Yeah, that's true. Uh, behind Morgan was Hill, Neil, Jelly. Good result for Jelly. Top ten. Yeah, ninth. Yeah, not bad. He, he likes a ninth position. Yeah, that's strong. That's strong. Uh, holding off Cook, Moffat, Bordley. Great result for Carl Bordley. Excellent. Uh, Ollie Jackson, Senna Proctor, and Tom Chilton, who had a power steering issue. Not the only one he would have. No. Of the day. My champion elect going <laughs> well as ever. <laughs> uh, I think that means we should probably move straight on to race number two. Yep, that sounds good to me. Race two. Well, moving into race two of the weekend now. Uh, possibly the, the dullest in terms of weather for the weekend. Uh, clouded over a little bit. And whilst uh, waiting on the grid, waiting for the lights to go out, Kamish again was giving away a little bit of space on his grid slot. Yeah, he made that clear in the post-interviews uh, that he wasn't going to get caught out again for that. Um, and actually we saw... It was so good to have the onboard footage back on this uh, weekend. Oh, it wasn't was, it? wasn't it? Missed that. We saw in race number three, I think it was Colin lining up the tape with his engineer uh, in, on that footage. So yeah, it's something that they've got to be very careful for. Mm. But the thing with Camish is he gets dragged in by the marshal because the marshal stands over the flag. For first yeah, and I know. Place. So I can understand it further back, but the, yeah. you've got the just don't run over the orange-clad marshal, <laughs> the big yellow flag, and you'll be all right. You know? Yeah, you should be fine there. Um, <laughs> I mean, Ingram was basically in front of him. <laughs> Off the start of uh, race two, Sutton, as we would expect, got an excellent start uh, yes. and went round the outside of Turkington at the first corner. Uh, an excellent move, something that he would... Uh, Go on to do later in the day as well. Yep. Um, however, the momentum that he carried from Cops down to Beckett's um, put him on the attack, shall we say. Yep. And he... Well, the, the, a story of two tales, quite possibly. Either he's left the breaking far too late and anchored up as best as possible and locked up. Or he said after the race that he, as soon as he touched the brake pedal, his front left wheel locked. Consequently, this put him into the back of Rory Butcher and sent him spinning round, uh, facing completely opposite direction, and had to rejoin at the back of the field. Yeah. Uh, and that lock-up for Sutton would be pivotal for him in this race. Yeah, as I said earlier, it's, it's odd to see a BTC car lock-up, particularly a front a real drive car, because yeah. Yeah, there it's, it's all done in the rear, mm. and it's a front that's locked up on his car, so... Mm. That leads to me to suggest it's more of a mechanical potential issue than it is a 
driver error. Yeah. But obviously that was to be determined whether he was leaving it too late or stamping too hard. Knowing Ash like he does, if it's a driver error, you'd expect him to have many, many lockups if the car mm. can't handle the way he drives it because he does leave braking late a lot. So it, it leads me to think it was a mechanical issue rather than a driver issue. And then gaining that flat spot, we'd expect to see him possibly flat spot the tyre further throughout the race. And finding when you hit the brakes that hard that you'll find that flat spot on the tyre and it'll rub away even more. But we didn't see him lock up again for the rest of that race. Yeah, two things struck me after that is that I was surprised about was I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when he would then go on to fight Moffat, he really did fight Moffat to keep behind. I'm thinking he was late braking, particularly mm. to keep him back. Why not let that can't be helping the tire? All that late braking and moving across. Well, he it was trying to reduce the amount of braking that he was doing and carry the minimum. <laughs> so like the maximum minimum speed through the corner to stay ahead, but also keep pace but hard braking turning on that tyre is surely not going to be mm. I, I mean I'm not sure the other thing that came across my mind was I'm slightly surprised as that happened on the first lap we didn't pit early and give it a go because round here okay look we didn't get a safety car in the end but with a safety car he would have unlapped himself and okay he's got weight on board but we know how quick he is Yeah. and if he knew he said after the race he said to his guys I don't think this will last into the race and surely it's worth coming in and giving it a go come yeah. in give it a change you're not going to finish as it stands mm. or you think you're not going to finish as it stands and in the end he would come into the pits of only two laps to go and then set the fastest lap Yeah. so I'm slightly surprised I'm on that one I know Seals is a short lap and he'd probably be two laps down by the time he got out of the pit yeah I think on a longer track like Snesterton you could probably get away with it depending where you gained the puncher Yeah. Um, or flat spot should I say but if he was so convinced that yeah, the vibrations and the tyre wasn't going to last into the, the mm. race, it just seems odd that you don't take the chances, come in pit, yep. if the safety car comes out, you're laughing. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Bordley and Moffat also had good starts in their real-world yep. drive cars, and we're looking to make progress. Uh, Ingram managed to get a cutback at Luffield at the end of the first lap, very similar to what he did in the first race, Yes. Uh, to get him up alongside Camish and take over the lead. Um, and something which he then capitalised on fairly substantially in the first, what, five, six laps. He managed to pull pull a decent lead over Camish, didn't he? Yeah, he was doing very well. Yeah, he, he got the car hooked up very well. Camish would be, again, a bit annoyed that he's allowed the first position to get away from him, albeit slightly heavier car. But He, he also said that across the weekend that he, he was struggling for that sharpness of front end turning and Ingram seems to be really able to rotate the front of that car really well yes I'd agree Yeah, I'd agree. Um, which he can capitalise on cutbacks and stuff like that um, even better yeah he gets the rotation through a lot quicker which yeah. he knows uh, Tom Oliphant obviously after his suspension failure in race one had to make up places from the back of the grid and he made up six places on the opening lap something we would expect him to do being rear wheel drive and the calibre of drivers that he would be cutting through at the back of the grid um, and that progress wouldn't really be halted for the rest of the race and he would have probably one of his better races of the year I'd say yeah yeah once he got past uh, the early laps in the race were very eventful and continued when Sutton got shuffled down to 10th position. Obviously, he was trying to nurse the car at this point, as we were saying, with that, we assume, vibration. Um, he could certainly feel something. Yeah. 
uh, and knew the tyre was going to be really struggling. Uh, this was just in front of Aidan Moffat, who this weekend was looking racy. Yeah, he th- he went well here last year. Last year, this was without doubt the standout track. With argument of Sneston where he did exceed expectations, but yes. still some certainty his standout track last year. Yeah, he, even though obviously he gained that second position in the final race in the wet weather, he he was very strong here this year. Other drivers that had made good progress in the early laps were Jelly, making up three positions, and Ollie Jackson had made up uh, four positions to get inside the top ten. Yeah, both did really well because you know they're both drivers who are not in the top tier drivers feel like they're very mm. much in that second tier down but both were having good weekends at this point drivers that can produce surprise results as well yes absolutely absolutely um however jelly would then go on to have his customary wobble um not not even picked up by commentators was was it no. or, or on tv just just an error from all sounds of things potentially running wide and the thing about silson is if you run wide you can get passed by a pack very quickly yeah um, and we just saw him fall down the timing screens and we're like oh Jelly's had one of his moments again because no one else seemed to be involved either no no uh, at the same time the top three were gradually closing up uh, on each other and sort of like pinning Ingram's advantage that he'd built up back and they all seemed to be concertinaing up agreed but again all of them were very very much aware that they were not going to start chucking away points for the sake of positions no. um, that will come later. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Ingram certainly had the race under control at this point. He did. Uh, Aidan Moffat went on to make excellent progress into the top ten, passing Sutton uh, fairly cleanly and convincingly. I just don't know why Ashton let him go sooner. I, uh, I understand that he doesn't. He wants his rear gunner behind him mm. because he doesn't slip back. But I don't know. Looking back at the footage, Ashley's racing him so hard. If you've got mm. a problem with the car, I just don't. I don't think that helps prolong the life of your car if you're going to race him that hard. You can clearly see he's faster. Yeah. Let him go. Because yeah. also, he can then start back potentially backing traffic up or getting in an, involved in incidents. <laughs> you know, overtaking, there's a risk of incident. Yeah. And if that can help certain by moving up or backing people back into him. It, it's something fairly classic that we see Matt Neal doing. Matt um, we, we saw it this weekend as well. Yeah, Matt Neal's um, the absolute master of it. He knows when to be slow. Yeah. Yeah, there's a point in race three where Turkin's behind him. I looked to you and said, well, good luck getting past him because Neil's yeah. going to drive that four car wide. <laughs> and not, you know, Neil, Neil doesn't care if he give, doesn't get on the podium if it means he can keep you behind. Moffat would then go on to pass Jackson on the following lap. Yeah. Um, and he was <laughs> going to make a real nuisance of himself inside that top ten. And there seemed to be like a battle, battle pack, Tim Harvey quote there, um, of about six cars yeah. inside that top ten that he was um, getting in the mix with. And comfortably quicker than He was. He was looking really good. Yeah. Uh, in that battle pack, Matt Neal managed to get to the head of the group uh, and then started to pull away from those drivers. As we said, Matt Neal knows when to use his pace and yeah, knows when absolutely. to slow it down. And um, having Camish up there uh, in that top three trio, he knew that he could push through on his own and, and try and back up for the manufacturers well also to, to as you go even deeper the last thing he needs to do is back people into Sutton now the thing he needs to do is go away mm. and try and make sure Ash can't make his progress particularly yeah. well through that through that battle pack uh, once Matt Neal got past those lot they all seemed to start to trip over each other yeah. didn't they yeah uh, Moffat again 
took advantage of this, um, slipped down the inside of Cook and Hill. He managed to get an excellent run out of Luffield through Woodcut and into Cops. He was down the inside of both of them. One of the best moves I've seen this season. It was excellent, wasn't it? Three wide into Cops. You wouldn't think it would work. Uh, Unfortunately, Cook managed to slip down the inside of him again at Beckett's, but again, he would later get him back, I think, on the next lap, wasn't it? Um, uh, Turkington started to challenge Camish. uh, What the hell? As much as Colin does, I mean, he basically flashed the light once and went, Hello, I'm here. Queen's wave. If if you could kindly move to the side of the track for me. Uh, started to challenge coming into Brooklyn's and Luffield, uh, and he managed to get a run on him onto the pit straight. Yeah. Uh, which. Cambridge was weak there all weekend. That was he his was. Weak spot. He yeah. really. As you said, we were to do with the rotation of the car or whatever, but he just. that was If you're going to get past Dan, that was where you're going to get past him. Because yeah. that was his comfortably his weakest point. Um, and he finished. Turkington finished the move off into Cops. Um, and meanwhile. Oliphant managed to get himself all the way up to 13th from the back of the grid by lap 16. We, we still had, what, six, seven laps left? Yeah. Uh, he was making really good progress. Uh, however, the race would then go on to get extremely interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was the perhaps the turn point of the championship at the time, or maybe looked back on as turning point. One of, of the them, certainly. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Sutton, first of all, lap 17, going into Beckett's. Uh, we saw him going really slowly. And noticed that that front left tyre had gone bang. Yeah, and I want to propose a rule change here. Oh, here we go. I think if you've got a puncture, you sh- you shouldn't be allowed to try and drag it back to the pitch. You should- you've got to pull off, and that's that. Because the damage he then caused to the car and the debris he left on the track, which probably contributed to another incident you'll come on to in a moment. Yeah, I- yes and no. I think if you've got a puncture, it's a mechanical problem, you pull off to the side of the track. I don't think you should be allowed to try and limp that back home then but it's, it's something that if you do it slow enough you can bring the car back in a safe manner I think okay, the, the ruling may have to be you have to you can't drive safety fast. wise yeah you can't drive faster than the pit entry speed then yeah because yeah, if you're going to cane it back to the pits and rip your front off as Bastion. you destroy your race normally when that happens as well we yeah. see that in Formula 1 where drivers have to be so careful if they pick up a punch on, at the front because they'll just wipe their front wing out yeah and well yeah he did. did. Yeah, he obliterated his front wing, carbon fibre everywhere, and what have you. And just, but it's not confirmed that that's how Ingram picked up his puncture. Sorry to ruin the, uh, the next <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but it's likely, isn't it, that that's how the puncture happens for for Ingram? Yeah. Um, so as we said, lap later, Ingram would also pick a puncture up at the same corner. Now the the slight discrepancy in that is that. Sutton managed to obliterate the front of his car at uh, Luffield, I believe, the outside of Luffield, and Ingram had already picked up the puncture coming out of Beckett's in the same sort of position that Sutton had done. I wonder whether it's a curb issue, because we've seen that before at Silverstone. What was interesting is that Tom wouldn't say either way, what no. it, which made me think it was more likely to do something to do with Sutton, he wasn't going to start, because Tom doesn't mudsling, it's not his style. Um, and whenever he was asked what happened, it was the air fell out the tyre, which yeah. I think potentially points to debris picked up on circuit and not wanting to start a slanging match because that's not how Tom does it. Or or it is a cut tyre from yeah. a kerb, and it's I don't you can't really call that a silly mistake from the team. It's dependent on the camber that you run and stuff like that. And a huge slice of luck either way. Yes, certainly. Yeah. Um, they. 
so those two would go into the pits, change those tyres over uh, and come back out on track and consequently after that Sutton would go on to take the fastest lap in that race. Good call. Um, could quite crucially be the point to win in the championship if he does win it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and going out there back onto track, it's exactly what I think I said to you at the time, well these drivers need to go out there for that one last lap and go and get the fastest lap between them one of them or the other and it could be really crucial still begs the question why you didn't come in straight away though well yes but but you you try and nurse the car home if you can get it into the points and then yeah you can score more points that way rather than just getting one point for the fastest lap yeah but Ash was pretty <clears throat> certain it wasn't going to last but yeah but yeah 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 uh, three other drivers also came into the pits in the closing laps first of all was Michael Kreese to retire again this time with a engine issue and he would have a full engine replacement before race three mm-hmm. um, Hamilton also came into the pits we're not quite sure drive-thru. that was for a drive through was it yeah okay limits. Um, and also Carl Bordley in the same race uh, we're expecting these track limits to be at the outside of cops aren't we yeah that's the only obvious place that you can yeah. start well, you could potentially cut Beckett's, yeah. but the obvious place is... Yeah, I, I think cops. possibly the other place mm. might have been the outside of Beckett's. They, they all seem to be running wider there. Yeah, I don't think that's track limit, because it is onto the grass as well. Yeah. There's no advantage gains there. That is, you know... All of this happenings in the closing stages of the race meant that Turkington would... Um, he had the wind fall into his lap, didn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a classic drive by Colin. It was a conservative drive. It was a sensible drive. And I suppose it's proof that if you drive properly, good things come. But mm. he certainly wasn't going to win the race. Uh, I don't think he was going to catch Ingram. I certainly no. believe so. No. Um, Kamish would go on to finish second. And a stunning effort from Adam Morgan once again um, to finish on the podium and third. And a big shout to Oliphant, who would you know, end up finishing ninth. From the back of the grid, yes, there's no weight on the car. Yes, it's a BMW and it's fast. But there's not many t- uh, passing places at Silverstone. Not many passing places. And once you get into that top 15, drivers get more and more difficult to yeah. pass. Well, it, it, when you start racing battle packs, they get hard to pass. Because yes. you can get caught up in somebody else's instant. You've now got to find a way of getting past somebody going four wide. Yeah. He, he navigated the car very, very well. That's a, a very impressive drive by Tom and I, I don't know it's a bit of karma for him he then got the reverse grid pole for it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Colin said he's going to pick up number 9 he picks up number 9 uh, there's no fix make here of, make of that what you will no there's no fix it is just pure luck of course but yeah. it beats his number 12 that he's pulled out before I think we need to go back to a, a spinning board I think that's the safest way to say there's no fix because with the bowl it was you can see the numbers yeah. with the bag it's one of only number 9's in there yeah Put it on one of those Wheel of the Fortune kind of spins, or you throw a dart or something. You know, <laughs> clack, 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 clack. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of BNC. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So, as you say, that would mean oh, that Oliver would be on pole. Could you imagine them having a dartboard to choose how many of the rever- grid get reversed? And you've just got 1 to 20. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? And you have to have a drink first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, let's get on to the final, probably craziest race of the weekend. Race two. Race three then, and what is traditionally the craziest of the races, and that was to be no exception here. Um, where should we start? Well, as the, I said, at the start normally. Good shout, good shout. Oliphant sat on pole, as we said, um, and the two drivers we both looked to say to watch would be Moffat and Jackson. 
Yeah. Uh, Ollie Jackson not had a BTC win at this point, nope. uh, having had it snatched away from brands with tyre problems. Moffat, of course, will be looking to repeat race three last year, albeit not the spin part, but to, <laughs> to hold the lead. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who could get the best start. Oliphant on the rear-wheel drive BMW or Jackson in the Ford Focus. Well, it, it must be the rear-wheel drive, surely. Well, actually, it was a fairly even start. And I think this is the first time this weekend that my question proved to have an interesting result, which was the first position is on the outside as you go into Cops. And yeah. Jackson and Oliphant both had pretty good starts. Yeah. Fairly even between them. But it was Jackson who was able to sweep past into Cops because he had it, the inside line. It also seemed that the the second phase, and I think Oliphant or Turkington brought this up in one of their uh, interviews this weekend, that that second phase of the start and at a certain speed, the front wheel drives actually have an advantage over the rear wheel drives. Oh, Didums, the moaning at their really <laughs> fast, really powerful BMW hasn't quite got the advantage in all areas. What a shame. Um, so Jackson swept past to lead into uh, Cops with Hill following behind in third. Uh, Hill was unable to get through on Oliphant, but a good start for Jake, who had a semi-decent weekend up to that point. Yep. Butcher started 14th and was carving his way through the f- uh, field and fighting with Cambridge and Turkington by the end of lap one. He had an excellent start, didn't he? A very good start. Yeah. Up really. He's done that all season. Though. He's hooked that car up beautifully from the start mm. and really has made it his own. He has. Uh, two incidents saw two cars out within the first lap. We'll start with and- Andrew Neat, who ended up in a wall. Um, this was mainly caused by him trying to get a little bit aggressive and turn across Jade Edwards, who I think by this point had enough of Andy Neat's uh, messing about. I also think he had a little touch from Chris. He did have a little as touch well, from Chris, didn't he? who happens to be really good friends with Jade Edwards. Make yes. of that what you shall. We're not suggesting anything. No. Um, but yeah, Neat. I think had run his luck with Edwards and ended up into a wall. And it's fair to say she didn't let off the accelerator, did she? And I don't blame her. No, I don't blame no. her in the slightest. Um, having said that, uh, the other instant was Tom Ingram. Now I think this is probably Ingram's fault in as far as you point a portion blame. It, it's a Tim Harvey quote as well, isn't it? Three into one does doesn't not go. go. It doesn't, you know. Tom had said in his post post match interview, if you like, that he was going to be sending it. You know, that was the yeah. plan to send it every corner. It's lap one. You're against two team hard cars, albeit Borkley's looked racer this weekend, but the other cars on as they cold. You're going to get past. Yeah. You can see those two have faith. It was like the the pincer movement. He got spun round the front of Onslow Cole's car, who was in the middle of the two two of them. He had nowhere to go. It was also a very late move by Ingram over the kerb. Yeah. I, I think it was ambitious at best, and I think it was probably misjudged at worst. And I think it's only fair that in that manoeuvre, Ingram came out the worst because mm. I, nothing Bordley or Onzo Cole had done was incorrect or wrong. No. It's important to point that out. Uh, he then hit the barrier, which would probably have knocked alignments and what have you out. And at the very was, least, yeah. Yeah, at the very least. That was Ingram's race uh, over. Worth pointing out that Neat was able to get going again and crawl back to the pits. And worth mentioning, just, just for the record, that that's now two weekends and the bounce he's had affected by contact. Yes. Um, strange. I didn't think he was actually going to get out of the barrier again. Um, it was a fairly substantial hit to the rear yeah. of the car. Um, and I think at the time I called it to possibly be a safety car. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he managed to drag it out across the track and back into the pits under yellow flags. Sutton was up nine places in four laps and going very, very quickly as we expected. Desperate to claw back some points, flying. Someone had lit the fuse on that. <laughs> and taken all the weight. Yeah. <laughs> it was a laser. Yeah, oh, it was unbelievable. Nice pun, nice pun. Thank you. Um, 
Butcher was then able to pass Colin Turkington, who again was struggling with the weight and seemed to be in a danger zone at this point. It looked like he could get shuffled down the field. However, true danger was realised uh, a couple of uh, a lap or so later. Butcher and Neil. Now, do we apportion blame or do we say it's a racing incident? Because I've seen Matt Neil get a lot of flack for this, and I don't think it's Neil's fault. First of all, it's a horrific accident. And on that point, it's time they gravelled that section. That's the same place Collard had his role. There's right. just no runoff. Yes and no. You're spat into a barrier at 100 mile an hour. It can only end badly. Or you're spat into the gravel and you're rolled over. But you only hit the barrier. You may hit the barrier. So we, we've, we've seen that in, that sort of incident happen, I think, in the Porsches. When the Porsches... Well, we saw it this weekend uh, in the Ginettas. Not at that, not that yeah. corner, but it dug in, rolled, but then touched the barrier rather than fly into the barrier. Yes, but there's a lot less speed. One yeah. in those cars and two at that corner. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm thinking that this accident would have... Yes, it could have en- ended up in so many different ways. It's gone backwards into a piece of Arco with a Marshall post behind it, which yep. got fairly big whack. Yeah. Um, all Marshalls were okay. Um, as was Butcher somehow after he was turned around in his tumble driver car after that. Yeah, it was a big hit. Yeah, Massive hit. I think it's fair to say that all watching were worried that Butcher was not going to get out of that car anytime soon. And mm. He was out very quickly. A little bit cross. But at least he was out. A little bit cross and probably a little bit sore. Yeah, shaken. That's for sure. As for the incident itself, I think that he's trying to get past Matt Neal. He's got an excellent run coming out of Cops. Yeah. One small criticism I would have is the the run out of Cops. He's off the track that we'd again see later in this race from uh, Sutton. We're going to speak about that. And the the advantage that he's gotten from that has put him in the position where he needs to fight Neil off. Yeah, and as they've then both gone into the braking zone, for me, Butcher's moving across Neil in the braking zone. Neil holds his line, as I think he's entitled to do. Yeah. Neil's on the outside, so his option is turn across Butcher or go on the grass or hold the line. And the way that 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 corner is angled as such you you hit normally you hit that left hand curb and then you go across to the right hand mm. hairpin of Beckett's and Butcher was nowhere near that left hand curb it was an odd line by both drivers actually it was yeah um, I don't think it Neil's to blame I know he's got a reputation of knocking cars mm. off I honestly don't think this is Matt Neil's fault it's, it, it's it, a racing incident yeah it's a racing incident or potentially slightly more in Butcher's favour wait for incident but I think it's just a case of two cars coming to contact under braking mm. it's just unfortunate what happens next because cars contact each other under braking all the time and yeah. that doesn't happen it happens because it's a fast corner and the way he spits into the barrier and gets spat back out yeah I can completely understand why people have lodged the allegations at Matt Neal's door because he's obviously it looks like a pit manoeuvre yeah but I don't think Neil has done anything wrong there no, he's held his line and I yeah. think that's what he's entitled to hold his line yeah but the crash itself is horrific the rolling and the uh, body parts flying off left right and centre wheels flying off hats off to all the drivers who took evasive action because <laughs> Neil's spinning across and then you've got a, a car landing in the middle of the circuit yeah literally landing yeah. it had gone nose over arse yeah and and had landed in the middle of the track as they were coming back out of Beckett's. Yeah. And for all drivers to 
managed to miss the car. Yes, some drivers picked up a little bit of debris damage. Yeah. I think Thompson was one I of them. He clipped it slightly because his bonnet was then open. I think he might, he might have clipped a piece of debris. Yeah, possibly so. There's a lot of it about. Yeah. Uh, this unsurprisingly led to a red <laughs> flag and then utter confusion as the chequered flag oh, was geez. shown. We had no idea at this point whether the race was done. It was going to be half points. Uh, Only at 22% race distance. To be fair, it, it is a bit the blind leading the blind yes. when Tim Harvey's going, oh no, the chequered flag has come up on the timing screen. Yes, it has, Tim, but we haven't had any decision made yet. <laughs> no, those, in Tim's defence, what with the dying of the lights at Silverstone and the curfews, etc., it wasn't... Yeah beyond the realm's possibility to think that we wouldn't get racing. It's dependent on how badly the barrier was damaged. Yeah. It, to be fair to the barrier and the marshals, they took it fairly well. Um, better than Butcher's car did. I mean, the barrier just stood there and took it, didn't it? Very much so. <laughs> and once they got the cars swept, a restart was in order. Mm. Uh, so second time round, it was a question of who could get the drop off the line. One thing to add to that is that, obviously, the start was taken from the lap before. So yes. Matt Neal, having spun off, would then restart in front of Turkington, not yes. from the back of the yes, grid. Yes, you're absolutely correct, yes. Uh, and I would imagine if Ingram was able to get his car fixed, he would have been able to take the restart, albeit from the back of the grid, but that was not yeah. to be the case. Uh, the restart was in order. Jackson was going to be behind... Uh, sorry, in front of Oliphant this time. Um, but that wasn't quite as simple as it seemed, because Kreese then spilt liquid in the warm-up lap. Oh. His weekend ended with a pool of liquid, uh, had to come into the pits... And that disastrous weekend for him. It was disastrous, and that left slippy stuff on track, which is always fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as lights went out for the second time, Jackson got another perfect start uh, to get the jump on Oliphant and led the race. Cambridge got past Turks and Neil very quickly with a strong move on the outside of Cops. Arguably with track limits, but as he's not driving the Infinity, it doesn't matter. Uh, Cambridge would then get past Moffat, who himself was looking very racy. Uh, Cambridge, mm. that's his best performance in race three, I can remember, in a long time. Yeah. Carrying a lot of weight on. I mean, yes, it's second, not first, but at that point it's six kilogram difference, so you won't mm -hmm. notice that. So he, he did very, very well here. Uh, Turton dropped to 12th, falling behind Sutton. Um, the BMW seemed to be holding, struggling, sorry, with the traffic in and the weight. Yeah, I, I think this is possibly where Colin needs to up his game as such. When, when he's in traffic and in these moments, he's very conservative, isn't he? Um, and at times he probably needs to push forward to confirm his authority in the championship. Yeah, and I think also if you're at that point, you're 14, for, for down that position, it's worth giving it a go rather than holding on for a point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also wonder if it's to do with the cars. Are the cars built to go through hmm. traffic, which yeah. is the Mercedes problem? Or... Do they not handle weight particularly well? I've been surprised by how... Well, we've certainly seen how um, Camish's Honda doesn't hold weight well. No, but Collins' BMW has done at points this yeah. season. So maybe just, just at a power track like this, the BMW make... We know, well, we know the real drive makes up their time in the corners. And mm. There are no corners here. No. So, But yeah, he was struggling. Ash was absolutely flying, climbing to seventh. Uh, Children would be his next victim with an easy sweep through Cops. Uh, Hill won 12 places. Potential no ranging misfire isn't yeah. no obvious reason for him to drop that far back. He had the pace. There wasn't. I, I think the only thing that could have um, been the reason for it is that he seemed to get pushed out wide, and then a whole train of cars seemed to slide past him, and yeah, that's, that's where he settled um, at the bottom end of the points. Odd that he couldn't make any place back up though. Yes. So I think an engine yeah. misfire is likely. Uh, uh, a bit further on, uh, two moves happen concurrently. 
Otherford down the inside out left field on Jackson. Sutton doing the same to Kamish, um, mm. albeit a few places back. Jackson was not going to have the lead taken off him easy, though, and retook that lead of a fantastic late break move. Outballsed Otherford. Yeah, and it goes back to what you've been saying for the, <laughs> the majority of the season that Oliphant doesn't. Yes, he's made that pass in the first place, but he then doesn't know how to defend it as well. Yeah, it's quite easy to pass. Uh, where where should we go after that? Um, <laughs> this is where sort of the uh, everything then happened, didn't it? Happened, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this allowed the chasing pack to close up, while well, those two started to fight for the lead. Door to door racing. Seven fighting for second place. We're going seven abreast through Brooklands, which was, yeah, terrifying. You, you couldn't fit any more cars down the Wellington Strait, could you? You couldn't. Although, in fairness to all parties involved, very fast, very fair. Very little contact. Very little contact. Chilton had a mesmerising overtake on Morgan down the inside. Complete yeah. last of the late breakers. Oh, he got two cars in that move. He did. He uh, did. Down into uh, Brooklands. And I, I was sure he was not going to stop. No. And well, I he don't... didn't quite because he was then wide, but yeah. he did get the car stopped. But he managed to get keep one of those positions that he'd made up. Didn't end up in the car parks. No. Which was you know, important for him. Uh, places were swapping quicker at this type at this point than like a type, which is making it very difficult <laughs> to do a, a live race support. Uh, Sutton had moved up to third with a crazy recovery drive, just picking cars off left, right, and centre for speed. I mean, the way he drove past Morgan, it looked like Morgan was going backwards. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. That looked like the Mercedes from last year yes, then. <laughs> it did. It did. Turkton was struggling 11th at this point. Chilton was 5th one minute, 10th the next. Yeah, and, it, and then Proctor had popped up from about 12th to 6th. Yep. It would later transpire that Chilton had a power steering issue for not the first, not the second, but the third time that day. <laughs> so that was good. Um, one, Sutton, one might think they may want to develop that. Yeah, might want to look into that going yeah. forward. Uh, Sutton was then chucking the kitchen sink to try and get past Oliphant. With a lap to go, he decided to try it around the outside uh, of Luffield to see if he could get the run to the line. Interestingly, he didn't quite get the run to the line, um, which right. meant that Ash was ready to make a move into Cops, Cops and then Lakebick into Beckett. Interestingly, the same place Jackson got past. Yeah. Um, Although in a different way. Different way, but again, it does seem you can late break Oliphant. Yeah. It seems yeah. to be a way past is to do a late break. He's not Rick, Daniel Ricciardo, is he? Not quite, not quite. Um, their question was then, could Ash hunt down Ollie Jackson with one lap to go? The simple well, answer was... Half a lap, wasn't they, well, basically. Yeah, basically half a lap. The simple answer was no. By this point, no. Jackson had actually set his fastest lap of the race on lap until number 12. Pulled out about three tenths by the end, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think with one more lap, Jack, Jackson would have probably fallen foul of Sutton. Yep. Um, but what a, what a race from Ash Sutton. Back of the grid, yes, we had the restart, but he was already four, up to 14th at the restart. I, I think you said before the race had even started, he, he would be the driver to watch out for, especially if there was a safety car at some point, and he got it even better than that. He had a complete restart. Yeah, my exact my exact prophecy was you yeah. need to be in the top 15 even the first four laps, and then yeah. if a safety car happens, you're laughing. Uh, and you say he got even better than that in the end. Um, but that's... It was a fantastic drive by Jackson, obviously, but let's take nothing away from Ollie Jackson. One of the good guys in the sport, been in there a long time, so chuffed he, that he's got his maiden win. He works very hard for very little, and this is recompense for all that hard work. Yeah. And he's improved. You know, we said last season that the second half of last season he really improved. Oh yeah, we we saw it at the or the second round of this season at yeah. Brands. Uh, how uh, how well he could race, how well he could hold drivers off that looked a lot faster than him. Yeah. And I think 
I don't know whether it's been a small baptism of fire for him, having Butcher come into that team and seeing what he's done with the car. Almost naturally. Naturally, yeah. And then he's been able to maybe help Jackson develop racecraft and develop setups. And they've already known that they both drive the car completely differently, which yes. means it's difficult for him to learn a great deal of Butcher in yeah. terms of how to drive the car. In racecraft, yes, how to drive the car, no. Um, but when we saw it today, with, we saw it with the way he was racing Olive and um, back at Brands. Ollie Jackson can race. Yeah, he's he not going to make up the numbers. He can race, no. and very, very happy to see that he got first. We should say before I give you the results that the Sutton Oliphant was, in my mind, ridiculously reversed because Sutton gained the advantage through Cops. I would point out that Cameron did exactly the same to Ingram in race two, and if Ingram hadn't finished with a puncture, would that have been reversed? I don't know. Cars were using Cops all day long for overtaking, um, and. My point is, if you don't want them to do it, do what you did at Alton Park and make it into a non-runoff area. Or stick a giant curb there that will not intentionally break cars, but certainly disadvantage them from running over it. Act as a deterrent, because... Or even, so, um, we came home that night and watched the uh, Sochi F1. If drivers were going wide of the circuit down at turn two, I think it was, they had to take a penalty. And they had to go around certain bollards to rejoin the track. If you go off at cops, yeah. go around a bollard to come back yeah. on. Yeah, to slow down. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Yeah, and then they or or you accept that it's the fastest corner or one of the fastest corners in Britain, and you mm. accept that there's going to be runoff there, and it's going to be part of racing, and you stop being so efficient as the rule book. It's, that's another option, of course. Yeah, it can go both ways, can't it? Because I don't think you get. Yes, you gain an advantage through there. But you're travelling further. You're travelling further, and if it's wet. <laughs> so, look, I, I just think, come on, you know, it's racing. What yeah. would you rather? Would you rather Ash doesn't chuck everything out of it in the last lap to see how far he can get? I think he'd have chucked everything out of it anyway. But <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you know, we want to see drivers leaving nothing on the track. He wasn't. He wasn't on the track, apparently. Yeah, that worked better. Than I thought it was going to. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, top three: Jackson from Sutton on the road from Oliphant. Those places reversed, so Oliphant took second. Camish, drive by him, solid, solid drive. Very. Morgan, wow. Proctor, wow. <laughs> Cook could have finished second, ended finishing down there. Moffat had a problem in this race. He said that he hit the spill of Creases' car, which damaged his steering, which made he didn't he didn't make quite the progress he would have mm. hoped for. Chilton from Turkerton from Neil. Bobby Thompson took the uh, Jack Sears this weekend and heading that championship now. Good points. Good progress from him. Chris Smiley, better race three, better than his rest of the weekend. Yes. Bordley, his best weekend so far. Luke, shame he had the driving penalty in race two, but he's come from the back of the grid to the points. Yes, yeah, it's a really good, really good drive from him in that um, drive from third him. race. And Jake Hill, who obviously had some kind of issue. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll get quickly on to our driver ratings yes. for the weekend. Uh, and tell you also who our driver and villain and surprises were this weekend, and then uh, we'll let you be on your way. Right then, we'll get into the driver grades, and they'll be short and sharp this week. Then, uh, Turkerton, A. Yep. Uh, Oliphant, uh, B. Yeah, great recovery drive and yep. good race three. Kamish. Uh, a star, best weekend in his BTCC career. Yep, we couldn't ask for much more really with the weight on board in race three as well. Matt nope. Neal. Uh, C, it could have been a B, we were um and R in, um, but he had a stronger weekend last time out. Yeah, ultimately no podium for him. Yep. Sutton. Uh, a B this weekend, yeah. could have been 
Could have been more. Poor qualifying and then race two obviously affected that as well. Uh, yep. Moffat. Uh, Moffat was B. Yeah, best weekend of his. Excellent weekend for him. Yeah, he looked much more at home. Uh, Butcher. Uh, C for him, uh, a what could have been, especially yeah. with that spin and then the big accident. And you don't think he recovered particularly well in race two? No, I, I think he could have got probably into the top ten. I think that's half because he was spun to the back of the grid with weight. But yeah. Anyway, uh, Jackson, A. An A. Yeah. Made him win. Well yeah. done, mate. Uh, Andy Nee, F, let's not say any more. Chilton, C, for power steering issues. <laughs> yeah, the team team and car have let him down this weekend. Crease let himself down a little bit, but has also had engine difficulties as well in E. E for him, yeah. Uh, triple retirement. Yep. Cook, a C, better, but not brilliant. Yeah, he was in, in top 10 all weekend, but didn't race, race. No, the car hasn't got anywhere near the same pace as the Halfords boys, no. which is surprising. Ingram, a C... Uh, yeah, what could have, with a caveat that had he gone on to win yeah. race number one, and he'd probably been in a good position for race number three, but ultimately, a bit of an ambitious move, and perhaps a bit eager. Yeah, you know. Un- unfortunate with the puncture, possibly as well. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Goff, D, better pace, but ultimately, not great. Car failed him in race one as well. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, Hamilton, A, D, uh, together, another average weekend for him. Um, he. Hasn't really put in a stunning performance yet, has he? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, Bordley, B. Uh, B, best weekend so far. Had an obvious drive for penalties, so he might have been top of the Jack Sears this weekend. Yes. Uh, it would have been interesting if he could have raced three from in you know, around 14th rather than to come back from the back of the grid. But equally, you can't argue with what he actually produced in the race. It was very, very good indeed. No. Onslow Cole, uh, C. However, that this has a caveat as well. Depending how he goes next time out at Croft. Yeah, you think he's improved. I'm not He has convinced. improved a little. Um, I think he's getting used to the car and we know how poor that car is. Morgan, an A, uh, it drags that <laughs> ancient thing to fantastic yeah, heights. Uh, Boutella C, yes he had his problems in qualifying but actually looked a bit more racy, better results. Decent and obviously apart from that incident, um, he did well in the races. Uh, Hill a C, two sevenths are solid but not spectacular and then 12th in race 3. 15th in race 3. race 3, sorry. Yeah, Poor. Potential, potential engine problems but again didn't qualify quite as well as I'd hope him to. Although he's always better than his teammate. Yes, Osborne D, it's got to start happening for him soon. It has. Uh, Jelly D what could have been again for Stephen Jelly good first race second race poor didn't really get through race 3 as we'd have hoped so it's predictable from him now you say that he's got the most wide range of exactly but yeah up is, and down yeah it's predictable Smiley a D outscored comfortably by teammate again yeah um, Proctor a C done yep. well this weekend he has um, and all he benefited a little bit in race 3 yes a little bit and I think he's probably getting the most out of that car yeah, he seems more comfortable with Smiley, I think. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Thompson, a C, I think B, but we're going to go for a C. He's been distinctly average all season, apart from one poor weekend. Um, so, yeah, I haven't seen him set the world alight yet. I know he's in the Audi, but... In the Audi, at a fast track, did quite well. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Better than his teammate. Yeah, Gornell D, uh, his luck needs to change soon. He started off so promisingly for him, it's sort of falling apart as the season goes on. It is. Uh, then we move on to the final driver, Edwards with a C. 
I fought D, but after the giving back some to Andy Neen, that <laughs> kind of goes over my book. For yeah, she uh, apart from uh, power steering issue, I think it was in race three. Yes. She would have finished every race this weekend, which I think would have been her her target, um, and it would have been an absolute bonus if she'd have got into the points. Yeah, it was always going to be difficult. You know, you've never raced touring cars before. Yeah. It's a hell of a step up. Whereas um, the other drivers that have been in that car so far this season have been yeah. in a touring car and have decent experience that, in one. That's a fair point. And she held her own as best she could. Yeah. She certainly developed as the weekend went on. I'd like to say we'd get one more out of her this season. I don't think we will necessarily. No. I think for what we understand that the, the feeling is to give Bushel time in the Another car. Another one. Which I think may be because they want him to be an engineer moving forward, so the more he understands about the car, the better, but I don't know. Dangling the carrot for him. It's might, hard to see they. who else we might have in that car. I still reckon Matt Jackson at the end of the season, but we'll see. Newsham? Ah, it's, it's, a, it's a random pick out of the air. But, but has, played, has raced with Power Max before. Yes, he has. Um, and of course his son is in the Mimis? Ginettas. Ginettas. One of them. Yeah, we, we've seen so many different... Limes is the other one, isn't it? Whose yeah. son's in... Oh, no, no, he's back in it. Yeah, it's all over the place. We've, we've seen so many different categories supporting the touring cars over this season. Yeah. And whether it's been uh, different types of minis, different types of Ginettas, swapping in and swapping out. I think it's been good to see all those different varieties, but it's been bloody difficult to keep up with. Yes, it has. Um, right then, moving on to our driver of the day, villain, and our good and bad surprises. Absolutely. Uh, where shall we start? Who is your driver of the day? I think it's probably the same for both of us, isn't it? Uh, Dan Kamish. Yeah. Um, excellent weekend for him. His best in the touring cars, and a weekend he desperately needed. Yeah. Let's hope that's not a strong weekend behind him. He now needs to make sure with Crofton, Crofton, Snetton, that he, you know, consolidates. Uh, villain of the day for me is I think the same for you Carice triple on finish yeah the title and the it's a horrible horrible weekend for him Um, and the car looked horrible to control all weekend let alone the actual technical problems that he had he just didn't look comfortable at all I think he might struggle the next two as well could do we'll see Brands I think he could go well out though yeah Uh, so today good Morgan I mean you know he stunned us at Thrux and he's done it again here I don't understand three top six finishes Mm, I know it's mental isn't it Um, for me it was Moffat Uh, he's he's had a very strong weekend this weekend and he actually looks comfortable racing that car against other competitors now yes yeah I'd agree with that Uh, though he now needs to Take that form into the rest of the Kick season. On. Yeah, uh, bad Chilton. Expecting yeah, more. You know, this is a track he goes well at traditionally as well. Yes, he's had power steering issues this weekend. Uh, yeah, but uh, is that down to the way he drives the car? Is that down to hitting curbs? Is it down to the reliability of the car? It's a concoction there's, of things. There's lots of questions there, but the yeah, you know, the, the clear fact remains: it's three of the same problem. And yep. he's nowhere where we expect him to be this year. No, your title favourite. Yeah, yeah. That's gone down the pan, isn't it? <laughs> yes. In a word. In a word. Uh, where was uh, mine, mine still up there? Yeah. Did you, you either Camish or Ingram? I think I went for. Just. Just up there. Just about there. Yeah. Well, um, as we say, just up there, we'll give you a little rundown of we think top five, top six left in the title race. I did well. So we, Sutton is now leading the championship with 237 points after yes. that 
change around. Uh, Turkington in second with 233. Camish with 220. Substantial points yeah, going this weekend. That well. uh, Ingram sitting there after probably his worst weekend of the season, considering that punch and then that yeah. race three result. Uh, with 195 points. Just in touch, just. Butcher, three points back, obviously with that non-finishing race three, with 192, and then Oliphant on 183, but as we've always said, Oliphant's not going to be allowed to win the championship. No, he's so. not going to be allowed to win ahead of Turkington, so you can count him out. I still think it's a slight false dawn, because I think with the two tracks coming up, I think we'll then go to Brands, or only two drivers who can win it. Because I... Look, Camish done excellently to, to address the swing, but I think the Camish strong tracks have gone... Yeah. Apart from brands, that's going to come up. But you look at where where did he need to do? It might rain. It might rain. But where did he need to do do his business? It was brands first time round, yeah. and he didn't mm. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. He didn't. Turkey's now got his strongest track coming up at Croft. Although Sutton could take that off of him. Sutton could really push an advantage home. Yeah, but that's my point. I expect Sutton and <laughs> Turkey to be good at the next two. Which means that we, yes. by the time we come to brands, it might be too late for the cars that will yes. be weather brands. Could be. But that's what we have to look forward to. We do. I know. Uh, we've got a week's gap this time. Yep. Um, and then we'll be off to Croft, uh, King of the Traction Zones, which, uh, yes, should help out those rear wheel drive cars. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether the boost makes any difference. Uh, but yeah, we'll catch you up with a preview for that. Yep. We hope you have a good weekend off and uh, do something other than motorsporty. Football's back. Football's back, yeah. Um, and we'll catch up with you then. Right, cheerio guys. Bye. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 